Studying at an English-speaking university can pose many challenges. Students are preoccupied with improving their research and writing skills. And believe me, I do get it. Without strong writing skills, you will struggle. But so will you without strong presentation skills. As an academic lecturer who's assessed thousands of individual and group presentations, I know a thing or two about the most common mistakes students make when it comes to creating and delivering presentations, and what's even more important, how to avoid them. Hi, my name is Kasia, and this is Academic Reading and Writing Made Easy. Those of you who don't know me yet, I'm an academic writing coach with over 10 years of experience in teaching international students how to master academic reading and writing skills, and with more than five years of experience in preparing students for IELTS academic training. Before we get started, I have a question for you. Have you shared this podcast with a friend? Especially a friend who's just started university and definitely needs to learn how to write essays, reports, and other types of assignments. Just grab the link, text it to them, send it to them on social media platforms, whatever you want to do, but I'd be so grateful for it. There is a wide range of skills you need to enjoy your studies at English-speaking universities. The stronger your language skills are, the less you need to focus on improving academic English skills while you are already at university. I do believe that the more effort you put into university preparation, the more you will enjoy other aspects of a student's life once you are enrolled on your dream course at your dream university. Therefore, I help with research and writing skills because I know that without without those skills, any student, either home or international one, will struggle at university. Apart from that, what I've realized is that many students, in my experience, it's even more true for mature students, find giving presentations extremely difficult. Why is it so? There are many different reasons for that. So let's look at them one by one. Reason number one, little relevance to everyday life. So what do I mean by saying little relevance to everyday life? Please answer the following question. When was the last time you gave a presentation? Of course, outside of work or university circumstances. Or try to answer this question. When was 
the last time you gave a public speech? Quite honestly, before the pandemic started, I guess I could name one or two situations, but no more than that. And definitely, I can't recall any public speaking I've done over the pandemic. At least nothing major that I would have vivid memories of. And that's my point. In everyday life, we do not give presentations. Let me repeat that one more time. In everyday life, we do not give presentations. We do all sorts of transactional speaking, such as getting other employees or colleagues to do certain activities for us. We delegate tasks or, for example, at home, We just tell our children to make their beds and so on, but we do not perform in front of them on a daily basis, nor in front of big audiences. For these reasons, presentation skills do not come naturally to most of us, and as a result, they need to be taught in a classroom. As with any skill, the more you practice, the more confident you become. Reason number two, lack of confidence. So this point ties back in a way to what I said before. Because we do not give presentations on a daily basis, we do not get to practice doing them. And therefore we lack confidence in talking to big audiences. When, for example, giving PowerPoint or poster presentations. So the question is, how can you become more confident or how can you practice confidence? Unfortunately, I don't have a simple piece of advice that will solve your problem immediately. What is more, I don't believe in many things I've read about becoming confident. For example, How can speaking to a mirror help you with becoming more confident when in fact you are talking to yourself? It's also quite difficult to get the family members to listen to you as some sort of audience for simple reasons, such as different timetables and schedules that we all have. So again, the question is, what can we do? First of all, you need to ask yourself, what is it that holds you back? What is that makes you freeze when you think about public speaking? Is it what you look like or is it what you sound like? I know of people who are slightly overweight and they not necessarily accept their bodies. Therefore, they do not feel comfortable in the spotlight. I know of others who feel that their English or even their native accent is not good enough. And that's why they feel judged and consequently they lack confidence. But what you need to remember is that people listen to you for your ideas the message that you want to convey, the content of your presentation. 
they do not come to just look at you. Otherwise, they would go to watch a beauty competition. From a more practical perspective, what I tell my students is that there is nothing in the marking rubrics about your look or your native accent that can bring your score down as long, when it comes to the accent, as long as you are understandable. Of course, if your accent is strong and the audience cannot follow you easily, they will not be able to understand your message. But other than that, there is in fact nothing that you should be beating yourself about. Remember, people are interested in you and what you are about, not what you look like, at least in the academic or university context. And reason number three, the structure of the presentation. This one you might think is simple. You open PowerPoint on your computer, choose your favorite design and insert the images and the text you've prepared beforehand and off you go, job's done. Not really. In fact, the simplest thing is to open the software, but pretty much that's where the simplest part of the presentation finishes. So let's look at the main mistakes students make when preparing a PowerPoint presentation. But before I dive into the pain points, I'd just like to remind you that I love reading reviews from you. And this week I want to give a shout out to Martha Moana, who left me the following review on iTunes. Thank you so very much. It means the word to me. So Martha Moana says, I subscribed to the Academic Reading and Writing Made Easy podcast just a couple of days ago, and I need to say that I automatically went for the guide about marking at British universities. In the past, I often felt that I was treated badly and that, quite honestly, lecturers didn't like me. Now I understand how lecturers give marks and I feel that I've got more trust in them. I also understand that it's not easy to get a very good grade for an assessment. Thanks a lot and I can't wait to hear more from you. I love to hear that. Thank you, Martha, Moana. I just can't tell you how much those words mean to me. And I'm honoured to see how the episode about marking and the free guides helped you. So thank you very much for being a part of my podcast community. I thought I'd start giving more shout-outs to the reviews I read online. If you left me a review, I just might be talking about you on my next podcast. Okay, so I've talked about the reasons why uh, giving presentations is difficult, but now let's look at the mistakes students make and what we can do about them. So, mistake number one, the choice of the slides. 
Many times we choose what we like, but we tend to forget about our audience. Once again, remember that you are creating a presentation for others, not for yourself. As a result, nothing too fancy or too bold will work well. If you know me, you know what I'll say. Be strategic and keep your presentation simple. Again, be strategic and keep your presentation simple. It's good practice to choose slides as simple as possible. No bright colors nor fancy fonts. What is important to keep in mind is the logo of the university or company you're working for. It always leaves a good impression on the audience if they see who you are affiliated with. It increases your level of credibility. That's why it's important to place the logo in the top corner. Mistake number two. The place of the presentation where it's going to be held. The other thing that is often overlooked but so important is the place where you'll be delivering your presentation. Is it online or in a conference room? If it's online, you need to run tests to make sure that your technology will not let you down. It seems that the pandemic times have made us aware of the technology issues, but oftentimes it's the simple things that let us down. But what if you are delivering your presentation in a lecture theatre or a conference room? What should you bear in mind? The best thing would be to check the room for the little things like the equipment, lights, the projector. You might want to consider bringing your own laptop so that you will not get surprised on the day of your presentation. Keep in mind that the natural light might have an effect on your presentation. That's why it's crucial to choose a plain and bright background and dark fonts so that the natural light will not have a detrimental effect on your work. On a technical note, I strongly suggest having a couple of copies of your PowerPoint presentation, especially when you cannot check the room before the presentation. What I do, I have my PowerPoint slides saved on Google Drive and also I have a PDF copy of my presentations because not all the computers have Microsoft Office installed on the hard drives. As they say, better safe than sorry. Believe me, you don't want to add any more stress to your presentation. Mistake number three, the use of images, clip arts and fonts. One of the most common pieces of advice I see in the textbooks about presentation skills is that it's essential to include images, that the text itself is boring and monotonous. But they rarely tell you that 
it cannot be just any image. You cannot just insert an image for the sake of having it. The image that you choose to include in your presentation needs to help you convey your message. In other words, instead of using too many words, you need to use a picture or a photograph. That's something that will make your presentation not only more interesting, but more relatable. The purpose of using images is not to make presentations more colorful or vivid, but to convert text information into an image so that our brain finds it easier to digest. In addition, you need to be mindful of using clip arts. Again, you might not see a problem with them yet, but in my experience, some students have a tendency to choose sound clip arts that can be really annoying and in fact not matching the context or the register of the presentation, which is formal. Same goes with the choice of fonts. Again, go for simple fonts, nothing fancy, just what people are used to and what would not put strain on their eye. Of course, please go to my free resource in which I show good practice and I show mistakes students make that you should avoid. The guide, as usual, is on my website. Remember to go to www.oaoe.co.uk forward slash my podcast forward slash presentation skills. Mistake number four, being monotonous. And I don't mean your intonation, which in fact is another thing to practice if English is not your first language. Non-native speakers of English come across as rather monotonous. And that's why word stress and sentence stress with the right intonation play such a huge role in delivering presentations. But it's not what I'll be talking about right now. Okay, so the first 30 seconds are crucial to the success of your presentation. And this is why you need to grasp your audience attention at the very start. How can you do it? Instead of going right to the topic, think how you can relate your topic to everyday life. Let me give you an example. I remember one of my students talking about speech recognition system. At first I thought it was super technical, but what she did, she started off with a real life example of how speech recognition system works when, for example, we are trying to log into our bank accounts automatically. I found that relatable and consequently I was more interested in what she was saying. So one more time, make your presentation interesting but making it more relatable 
to people's lives. How can you do it? By storytelling and by giving examples. And mistake number five, too much information. Not being selective is what makes a student's life difficult. And it's not only about writing, but also it's about giving presentations as well. How many times have I heard from students that 10 minutes is not enough? That they cannot do a presentation in 10 minutes successfully to pass a module. The piece of advice I give is be selective. Remember that if your audience is interested in the details of your research, they will request a report or some other sort of handout which will lay out all the details of your presentation. But when people come to a presentation, they want to see the most important aspects of your research. They're interested in the methodology of your research, in the research findings, its limitations. And in my experience, you can successfully talk about those parts of your research in 10 minutes. On a more technical note, you should remember to have six items at most on one slide organized in the form of bullet points. Otherwise, you lose your audience. As they will be reading ahead, they will not be listening to you. Your audience won't be able to focus their attention. In order to help them stay focused, show them one point at a time. To be able to do so, if you use PowerPoint, you need to go to the toolbar, choose animation, and then select the animation type called fly in. As a result, you'll stay in control of your presentation and in control of your audience. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found it valuable. Thanks for hanging out with me. And if you have a friend who'll benefit from this episode, share it with them. I would be so very grateful. And as usual, please go to my website www.oaoe.co.uk forward slash my podcast where you can find more free resources. And especially for this episode, please grab the free guide in which I share the examples of good practice when it comes to giving PowerPoint and poster presentations. All right, my friend, I'll speak to you soon. Same time, same place. Can't wait. Hi, my name's Kasia and this is Academic Reading and Writing Made Easy.